Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY, and you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I'm a Fudo fan on Instagram and on Twitter, and have a blog at fudofan.com. And this is episode 56. Thank you, everybody, so much for your support. Um, really happy to be here again with Jacob. I think this is uh, actually the first time in a while since we've recorded together. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, The last two, yes, so the last one was with Kwe, and then before that it was just you and uh, Kwe and uh, Alessa, but not me, right? Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, these one-on-one recordings are always great because it's much easier to edit. (laughs) That's true. But but we do have some follow-up from from last week because we actually met, um, I think, just after after we recorded. Mm. uh, You'd received some Sanzen Tumare River paper, so TRS. Yes. And... You know, you did rem- you did say how there's like a little bit of drag to it, and I I tried this paper out um on uh, during um, tips as well actually, so I, I did kind of know what it felt like, mm. but I had I guess less experience than you, and you know on one of the the days that we met up, he said, hey, um you know you, you got it from Yamamoto Paper, I said you know here you go, here's a pad, and um. Yeah, so I've tried it out. I, I brought it to work. Um, I was working in the office all week last week, but uh, yeah, I brought it to work. Um, I tried it with several different papers, and um, I hate it. <laughs> okay, why do you hate it? So the the drag feeling does feel a little bit like Cosmo Air Light, which is you know already a no no. But the interesting thing is that it actually feels different based on the nibs that I have. I don't really mind it on my architect nibs and on my like, you know, stack nibs. I think that's actually okay. But with some of the 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 nibs that may maybe naturally put down less ink, like um like my really sharp metallic nibs, doesn't play well. Um and with uh, one of my coarse nibs, which I'll talk about later on as well, you know, ink just wouldn't come out um, of, of the pen. It was, uh, it felt really like plasticky. Yeah, it was, I was actually not, uh, not my cup of tea. So I'm, I'm very interested to know how other people will feel about it once this paper gets more proliferated, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on that note, I'm a bit surprised that we haven't seen more reviews yet uh, since the paper has now been available to buy from Etsy for was it for two weeks now. I thought that you would have reviewers that would want it to be early and, and would have bought it from Yamamoto or anyone else selling it them, uh, the day it came out. But I haven't seen any other, maybe I missed it, but I haven't seen any other reviews, so I find that a bit curious. Yeah, it is a bit weird, um, but, you know, I'm not super, I guess, the the reviewers who will review it, will review it. I think Brad has done a, a little review, at least, you know, on, on stream, but yeah, definitely 
given、mm. the relevance of Tomoe River paper in you know a lot of the community,、mm. not just our community, right? Not just the fountain pen community, but also you know in the Techo community. Yeah, there there has been a a lack of information or of comparison.、Mm. Yeah. So I think what you said about drag is a bit interesting. So、uh, when I did my initial、uh, review back in November or whatever it was, I used I used the term texture, but I don't think what I was. I don't think that was the right term because what I was really just trying to describe was some kind of feedback. And then Alessa did a video review shortly after, and I think she used the term like drag or tooth. And I think that is more accurate if you look at it with with a loop. It doesn't look more textured, but according to Shumino Bungobaku's、um, most recent issue, this paper is slightly thicker than Tomoegawa's. Uh, version and I wonder if that makes it a little bit softer and if and I wonder if that contributes to this drag because you you were talking now about Cosmo Air Light as well and one thing one feature of Cosmo Air Light as well as、uh, B7 Tronix both from Nippon Paper is that it's said to be bulky so if you look look at the product description for Cosmo Air Light it uses this term like kasadaka so it's it's Is a feature feature of the paper that it is、uh, thicker than other papers with the same、uh, GSM number. So it is less. It has it has a lower density. It's thicker, and I wonder if that is what gives it this drag. And I wonder if that is exactly what you dislike so much. Well, it's curious because、um, I remember maybe last year I I bought a A4 pad of.、Um, Fifty-eight GSM or fifty-two、uh, GSM, and I remember that it was very like weird and draggy as well. And I think I even commented to you. I said, "Hey, this Tomer River feels really weird." And what I've noticed is that ever since I discovered sixty-eight、um, GSM in the in the larger、uh, notebooks, I think I've just been using that. And it does have a significant difference, other than you know just just the paper weight. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering that you know, as you said, they're going to at least make the sixty four. I'm wondering if those heavier weights will work better for me, and if they do, I would be very happy and curious to to try it out. I think that actually would be great for for the market because that means you know you've got. Many more choices, so hopefully they do that. Yeah, I got another confirmation today. We'll get to that in a bit. That that sixty eight, both sixty four and also sixty eight GSM is in the works, and it will definitely be available this year. I think that is more of a niche paper than fifty two GSM. I think the market for fifty two GSM is bigger because of all of these planners, um, so and and other applications as well. So. I'm not surprised that they did 52 GSM first, but yeah, I think a lot of people in our little community of fountain pen、um, enthusiasts are going to be eagerly awaiting the 68 GSM. Yeah, absolutely.、Um, so enough about Tomoe River. I I mentioned that I I tried this Tomoe Sanzen with one of my course nibs, and、um, this is a nib from. 
Toma, actually. So uh, we talked a little bit about Toma um, around tips that they had shown their exclusive Shosai content, and that was extremely, extremely cool. So I actually ordered a Toma. Now, my aversion to Toma initially was that they usually make um, Inkidome, uh, so Japanese eyedropper style pens. But now they, or actually six months ago, I saw that they had created this, um, which they call to be um, a snorkel filling pen. Have you ever heard of this before? I associate that with like vintage Schaefer pens. Yeah, so so Schaefer used to have this snorkel filler where um, I I've never owned one, so I don't really know how exactly it works. But like you could basically inside the feed, there was another like tube, and you could like extend that tube, and um, and then you can suck ink without touching the the nib. So. Toma's snorkel filler is a, a different take on that. Um, you can't push out this, this manual tube thing, but as I said, um, Toma's, Toma's pens have been traditionally inkidome, so you would remove the section and then fill it, right? So the size of the nib didn't matter, but in order to make an internal filling nib, right, what you need to do is have enough ink bottle size <laughs> in order... Yeah, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah? In order to, to fill yeah. the pen. And I hadn't thought about this before. I just like, oh, yeah, you know, Thomas, I'm not into that. But, you know, he obviously thought a step further than me. And he's like, well, if you need to fill the, the pen probably can't put the entire nib into the bottle because there aren't that many bottles that can fit this nib. So so what he's done is he's created this kind of again snorkel filling thing. There there's a there's a feed and there's a hole underneath it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I'm just gonna share this to your Instagram so you can see what I'm talking about. Sure. Now this little um hole and by the way this is made of ebonite this tube doesn't extend like it does on the Schaefer ones but what it allows you to do is you can dip it into the ink bottle and you just have to cover that hole and it will suck ink up through a pump filler and there's actually two ways of filling it you can either just use the pump or you can engage a internal valve so there's a valve inside the pen. You can you can twist it and you can engage the valve. And once you engage the valve, then you can you can suck up using this this little hole. Now a lot of pens with valves. So I'm thinking, for example, the custom eight two three or you know the conids. In order to release the valve, and even inkidome, right? In order to release the valve, you unscrew the back. Right? right. But this pen, in order to Seal the valve, you unscrew the back. So the default is actually an unsealed valve, which I think is actually pretty smart because you don't necessarily always need the valve. I think the valve is a is like a 
I don't know how, how should I say this. It's um, it's a special use case, right? Like if you're going on like you know, um, air pressure unstable environments like airplanes, or you know, you're 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 doing something else. You know, going up high mountains. Maybe it's really hot outside or or whatever. Like those are unusual situations, I would say. Whereas most of the time you don't really need it. So I think this way of doing it is is actually very very smart. Yeah, I mean it's not. I, I, I think I said last time we discussed Toma that they are a little bit like the Lamborghini or Pagani of fountain pens, where like Namiki would be the Ferrari. Like, like it's it's more ostentatious. It's more. It, it's crazier. It's less <laughs> pragmatic. I mean, this is like having like a giant rear spoiler or like wing doors, right? You're not buying this for your journal, or you're not buying this for as an everyday carry. You want the most showy and like hilarious, elaborate pen. And, and yeah, I, 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 he, I think he's doing the right thing by just coming up with increasing the crazy ways of filling the pen. Yeah, and um, I have to say that when I got the pen. We do hear a lot of reports that the ink flow is not super stable on Thomas, and that's something that I, you know, I have to agree with. I, I ended up cutting more uh, slits, more channels in the feed, and now it's like extremely wet. So there is definitely a sweet spot that I'm still trying to find um, in playing with this pen. I did notice several things with the pen. So I'm I'm actually gonna take it back to him for slight repairs, but we're gonna see. Uh, we're gonna see. But nonetheless, I think it is. It's it was very expensive. Um, if you ask me, was it worth it? I would still say yes. You know, somebody handmade that took like six months and polished it to, you know, a mirror polish. You know, immaculate polish. And yeah, it, it is. It's a work of engineering. You know, so I would say it's worth it. Um. But it's definitely a pen that I think is good to. It's it's. I'm glad that I'm in Japan so that I can talk to him, you know, and bring it back to him. Right. Um. It might not be the pen that gets it right the first time. So I mean, you're saying that it's expensive, and and in absolute terms, of course, I mean this is a big number. But if you compare it to the competition, which would be like an Amiki Emperor, it's 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 in the same range, right? And I'm sure a lot of the cost. Uh, has to do with I mean, if you're gonna make a, a ginormous gold nib, you're gonna have some some raw material costs associated with that. So I'm not sure that's a big part of it. So it's not like for what it is, I don't think the price is that outrageous. Yeah, it's definitely not that outrageous. And I'll say that this is actually less expensive than the Shosaka Myth, for mm. example. Yeah. So so yeah, definitely not an outrageous pen, but. Yeah, it's it's expensive. Uh, you know, I can't just can't shy away from that. Right? It is expensive. Sure. Yeah. So um. So yeah, that's uh that's Toma, and um, I think you and I both we went to uh, different events today because this is like the second week of Golden Week, which marks the one week holiday for us. It's, this is kind of like my Christmas, right? Um, but uh, you and I both went to to different places. I think you're still in the Tokyo area, while I came out to the Kurashiki right. area, which 
I think Corey mentioned two episodes ago. Mm. Um, so why don't you tell us about tonal limbs first, and then uh, and then we'll, I'll talk about this. Yeah, sure. So today was uh, the first day of uh, tonal limbs spring event. Now it's not actually called a spring event. It's called like some like space walk, space tour, space party. It's like a weird name like that. Yeah. Um, and as usual. It was hard to find any information about it because as far as I can tell, Tony Limbs doesn't have like a website. They got their Instagram and they got right. Twitter and that's pretty much it. So you have to like piece together information f- across posts like scattered all over the place and uh, mixed with information about new inks and whatnot. So it was hard to find out as usual what was going on. Um, but as far as I understood, it was uh, going to be like a, ink event in Hamamatsucho, so this venue where where, where Tips is and, and the, the Wagner events are now. So I went there uh, in the morning and uh, I said, I, I arrived around 11. So what I, what I gathered from the posts was that you could line up like one hour before for the Seriken, but just like last time, it was all random. So there was no real point in doing that. Uh, I thought so. I right. So it's a rubbish, uh, rubbish system. Yeah. So I arrived. Uh, so this was on the third floor of this this like giant building, and it was tons of people. And, and as far as I could tell, everyone already had their ticket, and I couldn't really understand how to get a ticket at first. But it turns out that you had to go outside. There was this like balcony there, and there was just one guy standing there in a funny hat with a paper bag, and apparently that was the guy you had to talk to. He had no like there was no Tony Limbs logo or anything like that. Uh, you had just to find this funny guy with a funny hat and say, "I, I want to go to the event. Can you give me a, a ticket?" So I got one, and my number was three hundred and seventy-one. Uh, so worse number than last time for sure and just like last time there was this QR code you could scan that and you can go to a website and it give you like an estimate for when it will, might be your turn so in my case it said you're gonna have to wait 170 minutes um, so I thought okay I don't, I'm not even sure I have that much time so I'm, I'm just gonna go down to Tullis and get a coffee and a sandwich and, and see if, if, if the numbers start moving faster than that so I did, and as I was paying for my, my coffee, uh, I checked again, and suddenly the number went up to 300. <laughs> um, so clearly the, the estimates weren't super accurate, so I, I ended up uh, uh, having my, my sandwich and a coffee in a hurry, and then I went up again, and by the time I went back up, uh, the number was already 400, and there was no one even asking for your ticket anymore. Everyone's already inside, so I just went in, and without showing my ticket to anyone because no one even asked for it. Um, so so much for for that numbering system. But it was a, the venue was huge. I would think the 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 room like this conference exhibition hall whatever you call it was just as big as the one they have for tips and uh, but i will say there were more tables and far more crowded and um, and the very first thing you saw was the royal family and the royal family being you know king hasse crown prince Bechori, and uh, princess moe <laughs> 
right? That they, they, they were like the center of gravity, and there were tons of people waiting for a chance to 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 talk to them and and buy stuff from them. And of course, you needed a separate city can just to get to that table. So I didn't even bother. So I I, I walked around a bit to other tables. Um. Yeah, you had all the usual suspects there. You had, you know, you got Kobayashi, Ishimaru, like Shokido, Okamoto, and a bunch of stores I'd never heard of. And, and uh, Morisan was there, Listop was there, and so on. I went to Yamamoto paper and I talked to Mr. Yamamoto and asked him uh, if, about uh, Tomo River and he confirmed that the 68 GSM is coming out soon. He didn't know exactly when, but definitely this year. So that was good to hear. And I bought some 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 paper from him. So he has this, I think it's called a memo box, some small like small square paper cutouts, perfect for ink swatches. I bought that. Uh, Sunset Tomo River and Tomogawa Tomo River and Cosmere Light. Um, and then some friends had asked me to buy some Kobayashi pens. I went to Kobayashi's table, which was super popular as well. And uh, it wasn't even clear when to even where to line up. Like, like, there was like, there were people everywhere. There was no obvious like start of the line. Uh, interestingly, it didn't seem as if many people bought Kobayashi's pens, and I think that's a common theme. I think we talked about that last time. So, so Kobayashi had, you know, the strawberry Sailor Minis. They had the Maki Decimos and some new anniversary Briar Wood uh, Co- uh, Pro Gear like pen. I didn't see anyone else buying that. Um, but Kobayashi is doing a very good job with the inks. I think so. Kobayashi has this line of tone limbs like shimmering and the swordings everyone seems to love those and they also have a line of uh, of uh, a chromo shading uh, light shading sailor inks and they have had a few new releases and people have, people bought like dozens of bottles and, and everyone and, and and those disappeared fairly quickly but yeah the the, the common uh, theme was that you had all of these like coveted pens or people pens that people think of as coveted in the west like Hachimondia had you know the kubosakura ginzan jellyfish got the you know the, the pink and white decimo no one seemed to buy those they, they just skipped those and went for the inks um so uh, yeah so the, the glass pens went very fast the inks went very fast and um uh, yeah, I, I was there only for what, what one hour or so, uh, but I think I think overall it was probably more people, based on what I could see, more people at this event than at Tokyo Pen Show. And uh, interestingly, it was all free. So for all of the chaos, I mean, kudos for a huge show like that that was actually free for the for the uh, attendees. So that, that was pretty cool actually i think this might now be not only bigger than tokyo pen show but also bigger than this inkunuma show it is basically a replacement for the inkunuma show so one more thing i end up talking to uh morisan so morisan has only recently started to like discover that everyone likes his wagner pens he i took t- took him a while to catch up and realize that his pens are 
very popular but now now he has that so now he has found all kinds of old pens you know the 2016 17 uh, all the old sort after models but now they're no, they're more priced at what you would expect to see on ebay and so on so he he's trying to capitalize on that now um and he also sold a bunch of yy pen club pens you know that 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 uh, matt clear demo one and so on they were all places like sixty thousand yen and so on so i think that's all more expensive than it was at first um but yeah he he's 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 catching up now and and pricing them based on I don't know what he's seen at maybe JP Select and elsewhere. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, did did you ask him why he started pricing them higher? No, I I didn't actually. But I remember last time. Last time um, was it there was a Wagner event and shortly after it was the Tony Limbs event and he had the very same pen that was more expensive at the Tony Limbs event than at the Wagner event and his explanation back then was that you know it's more expensive for for non-members because when you go to the Wagner event you're paying the entrance fee so you you should get an right. appropriate discount for that reason. Right. So one of the things that Tony Limbs does and you know. You you mentioned it was more crowded than tips, but tips had different time blocks, and you could only stay in those time blocks. I mean, officially, right? So, yeah. I think tips encouraged people to come at different times. Where, as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware, you want to be at tonal limbs. Like, obviously, there's this random, you know, number generator thing. You want to get in as soon as possible, right? Because otherwise, yes. you're not buying anything, basically. You, know, you might be buying some Tony Limbs inks, and that's mm. it. So, mm. I'm not sure that I would necessarily agree that, you know, it's now a bigger show, but I think it's probably a more concentrated show. I didn't just mean the number of attendees, because... Uh, since I was just there for 30 minutes, it was hard to say, but I would say there were more tables, more vendors than at tips. Mm, okay, that, that that's a lot of vendors, though. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was it, it was a lot. Actually, I, I put some, some stories on, on uh, Instagram, and maybe I'll save it in a highlight, but it, yeah, it was a lot of tables. Yeah, that's that's quite a significant amount of vendors i i i'm i'm surprised you're telling me telling me impressed yeah and i'm also surprised that i managed to 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 do this event for free well again free for the attendees but if if you have a table i'm sure you're paying but but compared to you know wagner and pretty much everything else yeah it's pretty good yeah that that is pretty good um on my side i i came to kurashiki uh, I was inspired, you know, obviously by by Quay's trip initially, and um, and uh, I, I talked to this uh, this friend of ours, um, sincerely Mori on Instagram. So she's come to one of the the pensions. I think last time the one that you didn't come to, and actually on the first, uh, we both were in Kansai. So um, Akane Akane and I went to Kyoto. We we enjoyed some hot springs. And uh, and Mori was you know here as well, so you know we talked. And the day after, uh, Mori went uh, to Kuraski and you know, had these 
photos up on Instagram. And I, I turned to Akari and I said, I think we need to go to Kurashiki for Golden Week. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so booked the, the hotel for Kurashiki. I had some um, credit card points that I could use for Osaka. Um, Kurashiki, the hotels were actually pretty expensive. I guess, you know, because it's Golden Week. But, you know, fortunately, I could break it up. One day Kurashiki, a few days out in Osaka. So we're going to go to um, Universal Studio, I think, day after tomorrow or something. But anyways, we decided to come to Kurashiki. And really for two main reasons, I would say. The first one is that uh, the new um, TSL Travelers Company, uh, Travelers Factory, store mm. which which Quay talked about extensively um you know a few weeks back so we went today and we were actually pretty lucky because Kawaii-san who is the owner of uh of TSL he was actually in the store and he he brought his you know two daughters lovely um you know lovely little children and uh, we got a chat with him you know we talked about you know um our, our friends who's, who've been there like um, Ame, so he actually showed us Ame's um, Ame's uh, accordion that she had sent to the store at the at the opening, you know, to congratulate. Oh, nice! Yeah, so so we we got to see that. Um, I actually bought uh, several. I bought a bag and um, and this like outer jacket. Well, I kind of bought um, a traveler's notebook, and you could customize these uh, traveler's notebooks now. You've heard me say this plenty of times, but one of the biggest problems that I find with these traveler's notebooks is that the knot is at the back, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you write, it's actually a terrible writing experience if you use it as an actual notebook. So the mm. idea is you have to take out the inserts and then put the inserts back. So, you know, they're they're doing this um they're doing this uh customization and you know, we, we said to the guy, we said, hey, uh, we were thinking of doing it at home, but if you can do it here, like, we would love it if you do it here. Can you put a patch on the back to cover the the hole and then make another hole at the spine? So it turns out they could do that. Mm, so Nice. Yeah, so we had, them, uh, we had them do that there, and we added a few more patches. Um, obviously, with, with the, you know, the travel stamps, we, we, did, we did a lot of those stamps. Um, yeah, it was a very, very nice experience. So I do think that while Kurashiki is maybe a little bit out of the way, um, for people who are doing a Kansai trip, it's actually kind of worth it to come because, you know, you have Kyoto, but this is this feels different from Kyoto. Uh, this feels, they, they do have the traditional houses, but this feels much more like a Nikko or something. Um, so it's it was very nice and we definitely haven't finished exploring the city yet. But the, our our second destination was um Aun Glassworks. You're already going in a <laughs> Quare's footsteps. Exactly. Now I I I think that and, and I was talking to to you know um to Kawai-san's little daughters. Mm. Kawai-san um the more I think about it, he he's actually a genius. He's he is so smart in the way that he's done his business. Because the the original TSL, right? 
started in really the middle of nowhere, right? Middle of nowhere, Okayama. And he's been able to build this into, it's an international brand. You know, there are stores that want to carry his products. And the way he's done that and the way that he's marketed his products, it's so intelligent. So the website, you know, you, you have these beautiful um, photos of you know, dogs and, you know, camping and, mm. uh, you know, people. The dog is their dog, right? And the photographer is just their friend. And if you see a guy in like a yellow jacket uh, holding their bags, that's actually Kawaii-san. So with very little resources, right, he's actually managed to capture the essence of what his brand is. And this is in juxtaposition with, you know, some of the the brands that we talk about in in Tokyo. For example, um, one of the offenders, right, is Shosaikan. Shosaikan takes terrible photos but their store is so beautiful right um another example you know unfortunately bunga box right mm. they, they they released the pen um the other day um the Horoyoi Sakanamatsu. yeah they released the pen with just a drawing of the pen <laughs> <laughs> only barely better than the last time that that, that kop with like a f- five pixel photo i remember that yeah well, it was like Come on, guys. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I think Koizan he's he's really got a creative he's a creative genius. You know, he's he's got a, such a smart mind for for brand building and the products themselves. Of course, they're good. Okay, of course the products are high quality. They're beautiful. But I'm in the city. Everything is high quality and beautiful. Everything is good. Hmm. But there's only one international brand, right? So the whole atmosphere, the whole way that they did it, you know, on the second floor with with Traveler's Company, um, they have like records. It sure, yeah, it's like a collaboration with Traveler's Factory, but it it really is a TSL shop. And the, the staff are, are are very nice. They're very good. Um, yeah, it's it's all in all a wonderful experience. And part of that is because they are very, they understand very well how to use word of mouth. Traveler's Notebook is not a company that spends necessarily on like ads, but they spend a lot to get their um, brand out. And a lot of the the ways that people find this company is through word of mouth. It's through people like Kwe who rave about their products. It's to you know, people on Instagram taking photos, and, and their products are photogenic, right? Right, right. The 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 reason why I bring this up is when we went to Own Glassworks, you know, huge signs plastered all over all over the wall, which says, you know, no photography allowed. You're not allowed to take pictures. Um, the entire process is very secretive, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. A lot of glassmakers are very protective of their processes yeah especially as it relates to the 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 nib yeah so so you're not allowed to take pictures um, of the store you're not allowed to take pictures of of anything Mm. and for me this is a lost opportunity because it's not like glass pins are not photogenic right it's not like people aren't going to take photos of your pens 
it's not like you didn't take photos of your pens and put them on Instagram. So, you know, we pretty much know what your pens look like. Mm. In such a photogenic city, not allowing people to take pictures of the store to share their experience, it, it it's just a lost opportunity in getting people to want to come, you know, in, in getting people to to bring themselves over and really sit in front of you and, and just have a good time. So we bought three pens from from Aung. The the pens are good. Something that he does very interestingly is he does all of the nib sizes up to what he calls a coarse nib. Now, I think in regular pens, um, it's it's impressive if you can get a good ink flow and a smooth writing experience on you know extra fine nibs, right? Yeah. But a lot of the times for glass pens, the finer it is, the I feel like the easier it is to write with because the tip of the the glass, right? Whether it's super smooth or not, it doesn't really matter as much. Whereas if it's a very fat tip, then every little bit kind of matters. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. So the ink flow on larger tips are usually pretty bad. But Aun has discovered, he's onto something where the the large tips, I, I tried what he calls a C nib, which is, you know, a coarse nib. And the ink flow is superb. The the smoothness, it's it's extremely smooth. It's very fun to play with. Um and yeah, we, we bought three pens, the pens are absolutely beautiful, but I do think there's a lost opportunity here. And um and yeah, we'll we'll go collect our pens tomorrow because he needs the night to to you know actually work on them. And then afterwards we'll go to Usagiya, uh down in the south. But I think that the entire Kurashiki you know, city, it's it's definitely worth coming if you plan on a Kansai trip. It's actually probably, it's more interesting than Kyoto as a stationary destination. That's mm. 100%. So I just have one question, and that is, was it your idea or was it Akane's idea to go to Kurashiki? It was my idea. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't well, expect that. <laughs> well, what, what happened was, um, it was my idea. I, I looked at it, and then I kind of turned to her and I was like, do you think we need to go? And she looks at me and she's like, yeah, I think we need to go. I haven't been there. I really, I really need to go one, one day. I haven't been traveling at all for a while. It's, yeah, so. <laughs> but uh, it sounds, sounds like fun. It's worth it. And, you know, you, you come to Kurashiki and then you, you make a stop um, at Kobe. Mm. And then maybe Osaka. Osaka is not even that big of a stationary city. But yeah, definitely Kobe. Um, yeah, maybe Osaka mm. gonna make a trip out of it. It's it's definitely it's definitely worth coming. It's definitely worth coming. Are you gonna do a, a post about this? About your trip? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. I, I need to make a post about Toma first. Right. Alright. Um so last time we mentioned that you know we wanted to talk a little bit about these investor reports. Obviously, uh, May, we've talked about it a lot. It's uh it's kind of the beginning of the financial year. You have some pilot news for us. Yeah, so this is not related to the financial report, but there's been some news coming out from coming from from pilot recently. So I I can't remember if we covered it last time, but 
I think other podcasts have already covered the news about the cartridges. Maybe you saw that that in May, uh, yes. Pilot is going to start selling uh, Iroshizuku cartridges. I think I think it's a pack of six cartridges for like nine hundred yen plus plus tax. So it's a bit more expensive than like Sailor's recently announced cartridges, but the packaging is nicer. And I think it's like twelve different. Iroshizuki Inc. to choose from. So it's not a full lineup, but uh, I guess these, these are the best sellers. Did you see this? What, what do you think? So um, I heard I heard Brad and Mike talk about it. It's it's nice. It's it's very good for I think the intermediate um, down to pen person to get into these inks, and it's a good transition to bottled inks. Because if you just have, you know, the black or the blue black, it's not really an incentive, you know, to to go try out something maybe nicer or better or discover the world of inks. You know, plenty of people use fountain pens with just a black card, right? Yeah, for sure. But I think here, like if you if you're new to the hobby and you just bought like a Kakuno family series, maybe maybe you want something a little bit more exciting than pilot blue black but you don't want to buy it spend another thousand yen on a con 70 and another like two thousand yen for a bottle here you can you know try a more exciting ink without spending more spending more than the pen cost of the pen on an ink absolutely absolutely and other companies have done this in the past so i'm actually surprised that the japanese companies are so slow at this because like Mont Blanc has all of their um, regular bottled inks in cartridge form. That's how I started. Um, so yeah, th- this is I think definitely a positive uh, development, and I think it actually ties very well to what they've written in their investor reports. Because if you look at the revenue of Pilot um, last year, I think they really did. So sorry, uh, financial year twenty twenty. They really took a hit in terms of their revenue, right? And in 2021, so which was the one that just passed, it's gotten a little bit, you know, I would say back similar, comparable to 2019, which is which is good, right? That's good news. But if you look at the numbers from 2017, 2018, 2019, actually their revenue their sales has been decreasing year on year. And if you're a shareholder, that's not what you want to see. So they actually did, I think, discuss that they need to, you know, continue, um, you know, their their goal is to be the best stationary brand in the world. And that they need to work on commercial products that they can sell, right? That That's going to bring them revenue. I think this is actually a good way to do that. Yeah, I mean, we have always we have long complained that Pilot isn't really doing enough, and it's very clear from from the reports that you know the, the you know the fountain pen inks are yes, such a small part of their business that they don't even mention it in the reports. Right? To, like, when when they talk about like, stationary related like products and and uh, sales that they talk about, you know, G2 and uh, friction and new releases of mechanical pencils. The only mention of fountain pens is, you know, in terms of like 
this company started out as you know we, we made the first all made in Japan gold nail pen and we have our our Namiki pens right but it, but they don't really talk about how how they like the fine writing division is doing because it's it's such a small part of their business but maybe they are slowly you know discovering that there's uh, something going on right now yeah well you know what um in the report that they've just done um you'll see that they have breakdowns by markets and in all of the other markets it's like oh yeah our g2 is performing very well um you know our, our, our pens are performing very well and then when you read the one for the domestic market, it, it actually cites um, due to strong domestic um, competition, you know, whatever the analysis is, and they don't mention the G2, right? They, 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 I think they mentioned like Dr. Grip or something, but they don't mention the G2. And I think that's very interesting because obviously Japan does have a lot of strong stationary manufacturers. And you know, some of these aren't global companies, right? So, like um, some of these have very limited global distributions, not like Pilot. But in the domestic market, because everything is easy in Japan, there's huge competition. You don't have to buy a Pilot. And then when you think about the fountain pens, right? The most popular pen is a, is a Platinum. Yeah, well, the G2 is certainly not a standout product in Japan, but Friction is, and, and that is the product yeah. that, that I often mention. It's probably one of the most most popular uh, popular yeah. pens, even in Japan. And that's that's also something you see when you go to the stores, even your, your small like book-slash-stationer stores in your like, some, yeah. some small station, they always have Friction pens. But I'm wondering because... Uh, Pilot actually doesn't have anything really in that mid-range, so they have the you know standard, I would say a little bit boring, um, seventy-two, uh, you know, uh, seventy-four-two, seventy-four-three, like that kind of stuff, and then they have the really wild, you know, really exquisite Makia Empress, right? What's there in the middle for, let's say, like a collector? How do you define the middle? Well, I would say like something that they've released last year, which I would consider to be part of this, is the Capless SE, right? And even the the regular SE model. I think that's something that's interesting that they didn't have in their lineup, which is colors and something that keeps you buying. You know, keeps you makes you come back to to get another pilot pen. That was a reason for somebody to get another Capless um, or another another uh, ninety one. So. I'm hoping that that's going to be something that they can do, especially when we look at Sailor and Platinum. Yeah, when I think of pilot pens in that price range, I think less about acrylic pens. I think more about wooden pens, uh, metal pens, and even some of the low-end Urushi offerings. That seems to be uh, the, the kind of models that, that they do offer. But they're clearly, I mean, this is something we have covered in the last few episodes, they're clearly are trying to do more interesting stuff at the low end now with the new colorful ground set, the new coconuts, the new inks. And just to quickly go back to this pilot news, there are two others, I'm not sure if you saw that, but there are two other things that are coming in June. Um, I'll send you the link in case you didn't see this, but there is a dip pen. Pilot is coming out with a dip pen in June called Iru Utsushi. I did not see this, in fact, and that is interesting. No. Oh, you didn't see this? 
Yeah. Oh god. So well, I mean, the product has kind of existed, kind of existed in in the past because if you remember one of the first um, Itoya Ink 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 event, you got like a cheap dip pen with what looked like a pilot still nib, and this is basically the same product except that the hair, hair is actually pilot branded. Uh, but I think this is a good idea. As far as I can tell, the 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 one with a plastic barrel is a seven hundred yen, which is a very good like entry level price for if you just want to get get a bottle of ink or a few bottles of inks and you just wanted to play with it. It's a very good price. So this is following Sailor, right? This is exactly what Sailor did. Yeah, and that's what's interesting. So both the the cartridge release and now this dip pen, it, they are really following Sailor's footsteps here. And the the second thing that they're doing is they're going to release um, sets of four of inks that are basically the exact same inks that they already have in Yoroshizuku line, but they've kind of um, arranged them not in color but in theme. And what's interesting here is that they they call them a limited edition, and the, and the price is is kind of expensive. And I think this is a, a bottle design we haven't seen before from Pilot. Yeah, it is very expensive. But hey, this is actually a good idea because you know people love the story, right? And they haven't done, mm. and that that's the problem with Pilot. They haven't done the storytelling. They haven't mm. done the work when it comes to branding these pens so now i think this could be in a good direction and interestingly we're seeing pilot chase sailor in a way yeah exactly i fully agree i mean the, the dip pen and the cartridges are both clear examples of that yeah um but speaking of sailor let's let's dive a little bit into that um sailor we've talked about before they've been posting negative numbers for for many many years mm. and last year they posted positive yeah, so this is the first time I think it was I don't have it in front of me, but first time in four years that that that's the, it, it's all positive. So, um, so that's good. I mean, we have talked so much about how you know they keep increasing prices, and you know, can they really keep going like this? Isn't you know people gonna stop buying these pants because you know they get into expensive? But whatever they're doing, it clearly works. Right, <laughs> that's the TLDR. Yeah, and and. Actually, the the positive is is hugely yeah. positive because I think they're like they're one hundred and ten percent revenue mm. versus last year, which is which is fantastic for a hundred year old company. You know, doing doing fountain pens that that's that's an incredible mm. number right there. That's what your shareholders mm. really want to see, and so the strategy of sparkly pens, the strategy of you know multicolored pens. Um, They've really gotten down to their sweet spot, and I think what's the reality is right. I mean, just looking by the numbers, the reality is that Sailor is finding themselves in a very good mm. position right now. You know, you might not like it, I might not like it, and certainly I don't like price mm. increases. But what it seems right, what it looks like is that they seem to have been um, underpricing their products in the past that's that's why they're they're losing money right and that's what exactly nagahara said to us too right um sailor had undervalued their products in the past and so he actually enjoyed these price increases yeah i remember he mentioned that that that, that was that was interesting um 
Yeah, so so sailors seem seems to be do, doing well. Yeah, bo- both the, both the stationary division and the robotics divisions are are uh, doing well. They did mention that um, sales of like low end ballpoints isn't going well because there's too much competition. So they're saying they're focusing their efforts on uh, fountain pens and ink, yeah. which you know, yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> same as yeah. same as pilot, right? Same as pilot. There's there's yeah. a lot of competition. But, you know, only really, right, three companies here make their own nibs. Four if you count Tomo. Yeah. So focusing on the fountain, that's like a no-brainer. There's no competition here. So I definitely think, or I mean, there is competition, but it's not as strong as Falcon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, good for Sailor. I'm very happy to, to see this. And... One thing that I did notice, which I didn't realize before, is we talk about the Shishikura pens, and I think oftentimes people wonder, oh, how come Shishikura can do like these crazy pens? So it, you saw the ownership, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that Sailor owns Sunrise Trading, uh, who's the employer of Shishikura. Mm. So yeah, that that did answer a question mark for me. So that was that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously Platinum is the kind of odd person out. I do want to shout them out here because, okay, everybody who's listened to the podcast for, for a while knows that I'm not a Platinum fan, um, but they're a private company. And to exist in this market as a private company where your competitors are receiving, you know, basically they're, they're receiving funding from the market, that's very impressive. Yeah, there are pros and cons of being a public company, but yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's very hard to find good information about Platinum precisely because it's uh, privately held. But yeah, that seems to have been able to keep it going for <laughs> over a hundred years. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I I don't I don't think necessarily being a public company is bad or whatever, but this does mean that they've had to be pretty much you know cash positive for however many years you know maybe they took a loan out um sometime but you you have to repay those right so they've been doing very well for themselves and despite my personal preferences platinum is a well-regarded brand yeah and and as you mentioned earlier the 3776 uh is one, one of the best-selling pens so Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I think for for the next financial year, um, I would love if, as I said, Pilot focused a little bit more, maybe chased Sailor a little bit more. They've been knocked out of their their throne, so to say. Um, you know, so chase Sailor a bit more, be in a little more touch with the Fountain Pen audience. I'm not saying that this is going to make a huge dent on their overall financials because I know that that's not where most of their money is from. But if you look at Sailor posting 10% year-on-year growth on your fountain pen business or driven by your fountain pen business, that's that's something, right? That's that's something. So I'm hoping that there's uh, there's more there. And then with Sailor, I think uh, focusing really on the manufacturing capabilities because I, I honestly i don't think that their pens really 
should cost that much. Um, but it might be to do with, you know, the way that they make the pens, um, the way that they make the nibs, whatever it is, right? It, it does cost that much. And I know that Sailor's not trying to scalp us or anything, but, you know, things do cost and there are ways to reduce it through efficiencies. And that's something that Platinum seems to be doing very well. Nagahara even said, yeah, um, Nakada uh, Shacho is very focused on operational efficiencies. So, yeah, I do hope that Sailor uh, and, you know, with Plus's acquisition, uh, focus a little bit on that. I know that they're going to re- uh, increase their prices again soon, though. So, you know, bad news for us. But, yeah, let, let's let's hope that there's progress on that front. Well, there, there's one thing here, which is, your, you know, the procurement cost for raw materials. And because one of the hot topics in Japan for the last few months has been, you know, how any other to the fact that the Japanese yen is getting very, very cheap, not just uh, to the US dollar, but, but to most major currencies. And, you know, there are re- reasons for that. And normally, normally that is considered like a good thing for um japanese industry you know if, if you know exports if, yeah. if the sales are other other currencies and so on but if for the particular businesses we're talking about here if gold if gold is, is a major part of your procurement cost then then you may have have a problem interestingly i didn't see any specific mention of that i looked at pilot's report and they always talk about you know, uh, you know, the risks related to you know procurement and ethics rates and so on. But but that was just like the the normal year after year boilerplate. It didn't you know call out anything specific this year, and it was the same with Sailor. But I, I imagine that for Sailor in particular, given that fountain pens, especially gold nib fountain pens, is a bigger part of the business than for pilots. That that's going to continue to be something they have to adjust for. Well, I, I will. I will say that the weakening of the yen really, you know, was intensified in April. Yeah. So they probably didn't have time to do that kind of analysis. But the yen is scarily weak right now, and a lot of businesses are complaining because, as you said, it was usually considered to be a good thing. But I know that a lot of businesses are are saying, "Hey, actually, it's it's not benefiting us so much anymore because." Japan has become more internationalist. Japan has become a more globalized economy. All right. So I think that's all we have for today. Kind of, um, I think this was a very, you know, analytical episode, not too much about like new products per se, but I hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, and we'll talk to you in a few weeks time. Anything you've got to add? No, I think that we got everything covered and hopefully we'll have some uh, new products to talk about in two weeks' time. Yep. And with that, my name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I'm a Fudo fan on Instagram and on Twitter, and I have a blog at fudofan.com. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.